Hello, everybody, and welcome to our broadcast. My name is Jake McGrail. Alongside me are Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Nico Roselli, Ryan Alfonso of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. This past weekend, hockey playoffs began with some very tense games. Volleyball wrapped up their regular season in style. Baseball played some high-ranking competition, and softball began their season with games on both sides of the Pacific. But before we get to any of that, we have a couple of very special guests here with us live in the booth. And since Nico is the designated hockey guy on our show, I'll have him do the honors of introducing them. Thank you, Jake. And to all of our listeners, with us in the studio are UBC women's hockey goaltender Tori McLash. Hi. And defender Michaela Ogronichuk. Hi. First of all, huge congratulations on the big Canada West quarterfinals win over the weekend against the Huskies. Special shout out goes to Tori for a 38 save shutout performance. For those of our listeners that missed the series, the women's team defeated the Saskatchewan Huskies twice in overtime, including a game two shutout win in double OT. Well, first off, tell us a bit about yourselves, maybe what year you're in, what you're studying at UBC. Sure. Uh, I'm in my fourth year at UBC. I'm studying kinesiology, uh, originally from Manitoba, so studying abroad, I guess. <laughs> right on. Um, and I'm in my fifth year. I'm studying kinesiology as well, and I'm actually from the Point Grey campus here at UBC. Awesome. And you were telling me you went to St. Pat's originally, right, Michaela? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. So maybe a good place to start would be to take a trip down memory lane. Tell us a a little bit about the decision to play hockey growing up and maybe your earliest hockey memory. Uh, Yeah, I started playing hockey when I was five, kind of just something that was in the family. So didn't really have an option there and uh, became a goalie when I was eight. And I don't know, there's a lot of good memories, but it's definitely probably the biggest part of my life is hockey. Why goalie? Uh, My dad was a goalie, and so was my grandpa, so it was kind of just following their footsteps. Yeah, and for me, I started when I was nine. My dad and my brother played before I did, so I would always watch them, and I really wanted to go join them, so that's kind of how it started. Um, Yeah, for me, the same. There's so many memories. Um, Favorite hockey memory? I don't know if there is one, <laughs> maybe winning um, Can West in my first year and the trip all the way to the national final. I mean, that sounds like a pretty yeah, good <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> is there any particular reason why you chose UBC over any other schools here in Canada West or the country? Um, for me, it was a really easy choice because I actually grew up down the street. So I grew up watching the girls in blue and gold, and that was kind of the, the biggest dream I had was to wear the Thunderbird when I was older. So it was um, when I had the chance to play here, I took it really fast. <laughs> yeah, for me, a big part was obviously just the school itself is very appealing to study here. But outside of that, just the team, the environment, the coaches, it was all really good situation, a great fit for me. So And coming from Manitoba, Tori, was there a big difference that you noticed about British Columbia right away when you first got here or <laughs> weather, definitely. Weather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not missing those cold Manitoba winters. Uh, right. yeah, just really, really good environment. It's a very cool city to to experience and I'm definitely happy I made this choice. So a lot of our listeners and us as well, we don't really know or understand like the amount of work dedication takes to be varsity athlete here at UBC being a member of the hockey team 
like what does a day or a week of your life look like, especially during the season and during the playoffs right now? A uh, typical day would be practice for about an hour and a half, and then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we go up into the gym after practice for about an hour, and that varies depending on the day of the week, but some form of workout. And then obviously just your classes. So most athletes, or at least most most of the girls on the team are in four classes, but there's the few brave ones that dare to take five. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we play pretty much every Friday and Saturday. So on a travel weekend, we take off on Thursday, fly to wherever we're going. We fly everywhere, which is pretty nice. We're pretty lucky to have that opportunity. And then typically we'd return back to Vancouver on the Saturday night. And that leaves Sunday to do all of your studying <laughs> and all of your grocery shopping and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, four, four classes is quite a lot if you're doing hour and a half practices like every day. On top of On the top gym. of a couple of games and the gym. Right. <laughs> it seems, yeah. seems like you got enough on your plate there. <laughs> yeah. And on that subject, are there certain things that are restricted? Are there certain things that you cannot do in terms of activities, nutrition, certain foods you can't eat? Or is that kind of left up to you? Um, in terms of like rules and stuff, um, the only hard set in stone when we have is um, our 48-hour rule for alcohol just because of its impact on performance and obviously leading up to games, we don't want to be messing around. Um, so 48 hours before yeah, you don't before, have Yeah, we're not allowed any. Um, in terms of nutrition and activities, we're kind of just expected to be adults in this situation and, and know... Um, what's right to eat and what is good for our performance and what will help us and what to avoid. So in that sense, we don't really have anything that's set in stone. Yeah. Right on. And then the, we're going to segue into something a little bit more. Um, I like to think it's funny, right, Jake? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it comes to superstition in sport, a lot of athletes treat the subject differently. And there's even a bit of a divide in the studio sometimes over what can and cannot be said. Right, Jake? I, I have no comment. <laughs> I don't know if you have listened to the show, but we have a new segment where Jake likes to make predictions about outcomes of games. And I think he's been right once. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, one for four so far. <laughs> one, one for four. Some of them were to do with hockey. That didn't go our way. But that's all right. We won't worry about that right now. But I'm sure, as you know, being athletes... Certain sports have different superstitions. For example, in baseball, you can't say no-hitter when a pitcher's throwing a no-hitter. And in hockey, I think one of the biggest ones is being the last one off the ice in warm-up. Or if you're a goalie, saying the word shutout when you're sporting a shutout. So just wanted to get your thoughts on this. What, what do you think about superstition? And, and is there anything that either of you do before a game thing that has to be done or you feel that you might be out of whack? I mean, what's, what, what are your thoughts? I think, like, typically I... I'm pretty sure goalies are mostly superstitious, but that's the one thing I just try not to be. This is probably going to be a boring answer for you, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just try not to be because I know it. You don't want it to become a chore, right, or something right. that you. That's what you're all you're thinking about is making sure I do these certain steps before I play. So, I just try to be loose, have a good attitude, and just try to enjoy it. I think I play my best when I'm having fun. So, yeah, okay. that's kind of the approach I take. If if it was the third period and there was five minutes left in the game and one of your defenders came up to you and said, can't wait for you to get this shutout, would you be upset? They better block the next shot. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Michaela? Do you have any superstitions, anything you have to do before a game? 
I wouldn't necessarily call them superstitions. Tori likes to call me a creature of habit. So (laughs) (laughs) I have lots of things that I'll like do throughout the day that kind of help me focus on the game. But um, if I don't have the chance to do them, I don't go crazy over them. Um, But yeah, I like taping my stick in the stands before games and stuff like that. So nothing crazy out of this world, superstitious, but yeah. And you were were telling me when we first met that there is a certain pregame meal that you must have, though. Um, Yeah, I've actually gotten a lot better at not having to have this pregame meal. When I was younger, it was a must. Um, I love my Alfredo pasta. So as unconventional as that is for an athlete's meal before a game, I do like it at home if I have the chance. Were there exact measurements or serving size that you had to have? No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) You guys have been around playing for the Thunderbirds for a few years. You're both seniors. Michaela, you mentioned going to nationals in your first year is something that really stuck out for you. Uh, what are some other memorable UBC moments that you guys have had over the last few years? There have been so many. Um, five years is a long time when you think about it. Um, yeah, personally, I've gotten the chance to go to two national championships as well as win two Can West um, titles, which has been really cool. We um, went on the longest win streak in program history at one point. Um, And, yeah, we've had so many good times at the rank and outside of the rank as well. Yeah, I don't know if all the the rank memories are allowed to be mentioned. But (laughs) (laughs) we had, yeah, there's a really good group of girls that we're surrounded by every day. So really good friendships have come of it and a lot of good memories and fun things to reminisce about. Uh, Tori being humble, not mentioning breaking the program record for wins and shutouts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems that's like your job. <laughs> I have to be the one that pumps you up. You can't do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were there any memories maybe to do with UBC, something to do uh, not with hockey, maybe to do with university instead? Um, I, I always associate everything yeah. university with, like, hockey. I think it's just, like, consumes so much of our time that it's almost hard to for me, anyways, to really, like, separate or differentiate the two. but They're just intertwined. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And I'm, that's fair enough, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about where this past weekend would rank because back-to-back <laughs> overtime playoff wins against a higher-seeded team, one where you overcame a 2 nothing deficit, and one that was a double overtime shutout. In terms of everything that's happened over the years you've been at UBC, where does that rank? I would say this is probably the most, like, up and down season we've ever had so kind of to go into playoffs and really start to find our groove and come out on top was exactly what we needed and we definitely well earned and we celebrated (laughs) like we won the championship so clearly it meant a lot to us yeah it was a pretty amazing experience now off the ice Michaela you've been heavily involved in the development of the UBC Athletes Hub uh, can you explain like what that does and how it came about? Sure. So um, the UBC Athletes Hub is an online mental health resource um, specifically for UBC athletes. So it's the first of its kind in Canada that tries to support the mental health needs of student athletes. And so it's a place that athletes, coaches, trainers can go. And there's um, lots of information on common mental health concerns among athletes as well as tips and tricks on how to deal with the stressors of our daily lives as student athletes, as well as um, a whole list of resources that are available to athletes on campus and as well as in Vancouver. 
So that came about um, after my first year, we had our teammate, Laura Taylor, die by suicide. And so I went looking to see what resources were available to student athletes who were struggling. And at that point in time, it was really confusing and difficult to find resources on campus. So I thought that that was a good way to kind of bring everything together and make it a central hub for athletes. What was the reaction to like this new development within the UBC athlete community, or at least that you were aware of? Uh, the responses I've gotten have been super positive, and it's something that um, people have welcomed with open arms, so it's been pretty great. And what about you, Tori? Did you have any specific reaction to it, either when you first found out Michaela was doing it or when it came became up and running? Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. Like We just outlined how much time we spend dedicated to hockey, so that the fact that she was even able to find the time or the energy or the mental capacity to put something together like that is speaks to her dedication and what a remarkable person she is. And I think it's something that is was much needed. And I think now that she's started that, I hope other schools take action and follow her lead because it's a really good resource. Do you have any specific long-term goals you're working towards right now with the Athletes Hub? If I had all the time in the world, I would love to help um, all the different sport programs in Canada um, have a resource like that. Um, So that would be in an ideal world. Um, I have tried to reach out to former teammates and stuff in different programs um, to see if they can get some things going. And there have been a few leads at Guelph and as well as um, we've integrated UBCO into the website. So that would be the biggest goal. But right now it's (laughs) there's a lot of time that needs to go into that. Definitely. And I think we can probably carry on with some of the off the ice things that both of you are involved in. And the Athletes Hub is not the only off ice news you've been involved with. Almost exactly one year ago, ahead of last season's playoffs, you tweeted, when your team has to move their playoff games to accommodate the men's team who finished lower in the standings. Gender equality, I think not. Another example of women at university being passed over for men at UBC Prez at UBC. Is there any backstory behind that tweet? Um, There is. Um, So last year we were going into playoffs um, and we had clinched home ice advantage um, and we were set to play um, at home and and the guys ended up doing the same thing. And so we were told one day that we were changing our ice time to the earlier slot and that there was nothing we could do about it at that point in time. So that's kind of where the frustration came just because we had... um, clinched the higher ranking and had done it first and were higher in the standings. So that's where that story came from. And what was the initial reaction or follow-up to it? And has anything really changed since then? Uh, Yeah, action got uh, was pretty quick on that one. (laughs) And so out of it, there was a policy um, that when two teams are at home, that it's not automatically given to the men the the better time slot. So that's kind of what came out of it. And I know that there were quite a few schools across the country that ended up taking action right away and gave their women's hockey team um, the preferred time slot that they had wanted when they were actually going to bump them. So And that ties into kind of the bigger picture question in that how does being women in college sports affect both of you and how much of a difference do you see from the male athletes? I know it's a bit of a loaded question. Um, There's definitely still a lot of uh, gap in between the men's and women's programs in many institutions in Canada. And I think that 
the years that we've both been playing here, it's definitely improved in the support and the resources that we've been given. So that's something that's really exciting and kudos to UBC for doing. Um, and so I think for us, we just try and be good role models for the younger girls coming up and hoping to play for UBC one day. Now, you guys are both seniors on the team. How have you guys taken on that role of being veteran leaders for uh, the squad? Well, Michaela's been part of the leadership group, assistant captain for, I want to say, two or three seasons now. And so obviously that's decided by her teammates, so it speaks to what they see in her as a great on-ice and off-ice leader. Um, Myself, I just go more on ice I think I'm a bit of a quiet person so I just try to lead by example on the ice and just perform my best every day 38 saves for a shot out (laughs) it's a good way to lead the team well and if if you're more of a lead by example Michaela do you see yourself as a similar mold or are you someone who likes to speak up and try and lead in that way like within the locker room on the ice I'm definitely I think similar to Tori in that I like to try and lead by example um and pick my words wisely if I do say them. Um, yeah, it's just something that I've tried to do in my time in the leadership group is just to, the best way to lead is to show how it's, um, it should be done, I guess, for a lack of better words. <laughs> Her nickname's Mama O, so she <laughs> takes care of everyone. The motherly figure of the team. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything in particular you guys have learned from your multiple years of playing here at UBC? Like in terms of leadership, in terms of other off-the-ice qualities? Yeah, I think leadership-wise, I've definitely had to come out of my shell a little bit, and I've been put in challenging situations that have helped me grow. I think those are just like invaluable skills that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. So I'm really grateful to be put in these tough situations to kind of come outside of my shell a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same. It's not always easy being put under that pressure, so I think you learn to um, accept it and and rise to the occasion. So that's something that we've definitely had to learn. And I think we can segue into something a little bit more fun, shall we say? Now, (laughs) it's going to require a speck of honesty. These questions are going to be rapid-fire style, and we don't want you to necessarily uh, rip on your teammates. We just want you to be honest. So... We'll, we'll ask both of you, and we'll start off with, who is the best-dressed Thunderbird? Most fashionable. Most fashionable. Mm. Better way to put it. She. Emily Moore. <laughs> oh, she, Lee, Tony. <laughs> okay. How about the worst-dressed? Myself. Yeah, I probably fall in that category, too. <laughs> Falling on your own sword. <laughs> See, that's, that's leadership qualities right there. <laughs> Taking the, the nod for being the, the worst-dressed, the least fashionable. Not throwing anyone under the bus. Not throwing anybody under the bus. What about the best taste in music? <laughs> if, if you need to get fired up before a game, you're going into the finals. Who's the person that's going to jump on their phone on Spotify and get it going? Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we have consensus on that. Yeah. Worst taste in music. <laughs> Depends on what kind of music you like, honestly. <laughs> I, there's not one that no. I can, comes to the top of my head, if I'm being honest. Again, leadership. Leadership, <laughs> absolutely. Um, how about favorite TV show at the moment? Grey's Anatomy. I don't have cable. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Netflix? I, I'm not watching anything at the moment. Fair enough. 
favorite student ch- athlete, you know? Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, when you only have Sunday to get your studying, <laughs> studying done, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Favorite junk food? Anything. Candy. Ice sugar. cream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Most superstitious player on the team? Ryland? Yeah, Ryland McKinnon. Really? Is there anything particular that, yeah. that, that she does? She's got her. She's got her routines. <laughs> yeah. I just stay away. <laughs> don't, don't get in her way. Uh, Go to study spot on campus. Other than at home, um, I don't study. Life science. <laughs> <laughs> Those are leadership qualities. Life science, uh, where life we, you can usually I've find been a, a I've team. I've been going to loaf recently. Loaf is good. Yeah. I can back nice that up. Nice lighting. And Jake, I'll let you ask yeah. the last one here because. Fun. Final question for you guys. Predictions for the semifinals this weekend. Huge win. Yeah. We're coming home to go to <laughs> Canada's finals. Jake, take note. Okay. Right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and I think with that, that's all that we have. So we want to just, again, extend our thanks for joining us on the show. We wish you the best of luck going forward. And when... Alberta, when that game comes around, we will definitely be watching. We will definitely be cheering. So, Michaela, Tori, thank you again for coming. We hope to see you again soon. Is there anything you you guys want to add before you head out? Go Birds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having us. Fantastic. So, we're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs now. When we come back, we're going to have the whole crew in here. We're going to be discussing the games that happened this past weekend, including your women's hockey games. Very uh, pair of exciting wins against the Saskatchewan Huskies. Fun Drive is happening February 5th to the 14th, but you can show your love for CITR right now by going to citr.ca slash donate. And thank you. That's why we call them crushes, 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 crushes. That's the sound of a goal scored in goalball, a Paralympic sport designed for the blind and supported by UBC Vision Health volunteers. Players rely on their sense of hearing and touch rather than sight to play this fast-paced sport. Learn how you can play goalball or get involved in other fun and meaningful volunteer opportunities supporting the blind and visually impaired community with UBC Vision Health volunteers. Get trained to work one-on-one with an individual or with a group through our music therapy program and other volunteer programs. Participate in events spreading awareness about vision health and blindness. Join UBC Vision Health volunteers through our Facebook page or email us at visionhealthvolunteers at gmail.com.
Hello and welcome back to Thunderbird. I thank you again to Michaela Agronichuk and Tori McLash for coming on the show. And now to look at what happened this past weekend, we're going to start with something we've not talked that much about so far, and that's women's hockey. Ryan, take it away. What a perfect transition (laughs) into the next topic. As mentioned in the interview for the women's hockey, the Thunderbirds finished on top, winning both their games against the Saskatchewan Huskies, 3-2 in the first and 1-0 in the second, taking them to the semifinals where they will play Alberta. All four of the goals scored by different players, Matea Fisher, Tiffany Chu, Hannah Coral scored in the first game. Then it was Hannah Clayton Carroll who scored that decisive only goal in the, the second game. And Clayton Carroll's goal came 83 minutes and 52 seconds into game two after Tori McLash and Huskies goalie Jessica Vance combined to make 66 saves. Yeah, the Thunderbirds have advanced to the semifinals for the eighth straight season. The bad news is that they will play Alberta, who won all four matchups in the regular season by a combined score of 18-1. to 1. Not great, but two, I believe it was 7-0, 7-1 in the first two games, and then they didn't, didn't they, it wasn't as bad of a loss the, the next two ones. So hopefully it continues to get better, and we get two wins. Yeah, now moving on to the men's hockey team. They had their best of three quarterfinal series against the Mount Royal Cougars for the second year in a row. Though they lost 4-1 to one, twice when they played the Cougars on the road in November, the Thunderbirds scored a combined 12 goals in three games to get them through to the next round. Yeah, the games were closed with a score of 4-2 to two to the Thunderbirds in the first set and then 5-3 to three to the Cougars in the second and a narrow 5-4 to four to Thunderbirds in the third set, pushing them to the next round. Quinn Benjafield and Matt Revel led the Thunderbirds in scoring in this series. They had four points each. Benjafield was the star of Game 1. He had one goal and two primary assists as well. Game 3 was as close as possible. The Thunderbirds were up 4-1 late in the second period, but the Cougars rallied and capped off a three-goal run at the end of regulation by scoring the tying goal with a Mission Impossible-esque 1.1 seconds left on the clock. 1.1 seconds. That hurts. In a decisive playoff game. That That's, that's tough. If you're the Thunderbirds, that's what nightmares are made of. <laughs> but the Thunderbirds rallied in overtime, and Austin Veteral scored the series-winning goal 13 minutes into the extra period. That was Veteral's only point of the series. A clutch. Clutch. Captain Clutch. And thank goodness they won, because if they had lost after giving up a tying goal with one second left, I that, that's something you can't come back from, really. Uh, the men's team will also head to Alberta for the semifinals, meaning both teams will be hanging out in Edmonton before the games. They have lost seven straight against the Golden Pandas, have not beaten them since October 2018. So regression to the mean. They, they, they're due some wins. Yeah, and next up, we're going to have some volleyball news. So in the world of women's volleyball, actually both uh, the men's and the women's team had played their final matches of the regular season this past weekend. The women's team hosted the visiting Brendan University Bobcats and topped them with two 3-1 scores. They finished the regular season 13-11, ranked number 7th in Canada West. In match one, Anna Price had a career-high 17 kills along with five digs and three blocks. While Gabriella Tea, of course, and Jay, Rob- and Jay Robertson combined for 20 kills, 10 digs, and seven blocks. Tessa Davis served a career-high seven aces. Lots of statistics there. 
Then looking at match two, Davis dominated 11 kills, 12 digs, and six blocks. All those numbers are season highs for her. Atea chipped in, <laughs> chipped in is a bit of an understatement, had 14 <laughs> kills of her own, six digs, five blocks. She hit 583 in this one. It was also senior night for the team. Uh, they honored their four graduating players, Price, Davis, Laura Worsley, and Siobhan Finan. It's Finan. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's pretty impressive that you got the, the first name right. Siobhan is what I would have thought would trip up a lot of people. You know, I surprise people frequently. <laughs> <laughs> and good, good for both Price and Davis really showing out on senior night, having a couple of uh, great games. Yeah, you know, and then after that, this weekend, the Thunderbirds are traveling to Calgary to face Mount Royal in the Canada West quarterfinals. So the Cougars finished 21-2-3 and are 2-2-0 against UBC this season. And next up, we're going to have some news from the men's team. The men's team, just like the women, were able to take home the sweep with two 3-1 wins over Brandon. And they're now on a winning streak of four games and finish 17-2-5 overall in the season and are ranked number three in Canada West. Match one, Thunderbirds hit an incredible 430 as a team. Matt Neves, Colton Liu, Michael Dauhanyuk combined for 46 kills on a 493 hitting percentage. It's just unstoppable, the three of them. Yeah. Some different players, though, shined in match two as Nick Mickleberry had 13 kills, five digs, and four blocks, while Zach Johnson had 25 assists, five kills, seven digs, and seven blocks. Jordan Deshane is the team's only graduating senior as he shined on senior night with four aces and a career-high 10 blocks. Next up, the Thunderbirds are hosting the six-seed Winnipeg Westman, who finished 12-10. and 10. The Thunderbirds played Winnipeg on opening weekends and split the two matches. Now, moving on to a different sport, just as spring training is kicked off in the major leagues, so too has our softball team begun their 2020 campaign with a few non-conference matchups. After losing 15 consecutive games to finish 2019, yikes! The, <laughs> big yikes! The women's team finally got off the schneid this past week, splitting a series with Western Washington in Bellingham on V-Day before dropping both against Hawaii Pacific in Tropical Kaneohe. Wow! And Shelby Campbell did the most to take UBC to a 1-2-0 start to the season, pitching four shutout innings to begin the game, while also providing an RBI single in the fourth. And Olivia Melikskul double added two more in that inning, while Maya Valk Maya Valk also had a single and a double for her one on in the 4-2-1 victory. The Vikings pitching came alive in Game Two as Western Washington owned a split with a 4-0 victory. Emily Horn battled one 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 thousand one thousand on the average on, on the afternoon with three singles and made it to the scoring position twice. But UBC failed to bring her home. And yesterday's meetings with Hawaii Pacific. Come on, softball gets to go to Hawaii two years in a row for their preseason. What is this? Jake, it's sunny outside. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they, complain. The score lines were eight to three and nine to five in favor of the Sharks. Game one saw two hit performances from Valk Malescu and Taylor Jones, but not a ton else across the board. While game two saw Demera begin give up seven earned runs in two and two thirds innings pitched. That's not great. Her ERA is now sitting at thirteen point five nine. So hopefully, we'll come down from there. <laughs> Yeah, big hope. <laughs> UBC remains in Hawaii today with their first of two games against the always sharp Shamanad Silver Swords, scheduled for about an hour from now in Waipahu. Tomorrow they play Hawaii in Manoa before they finally return home. I Cor mean, Corey's favorite team, the Shamanad Silver Swords. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
Looking in at baseball now, the Thunderbirds visited Arizona to take on Benedictine Mesa, the 25th ranked team in the entire NAIA in a four-game series. They split it with UBC winning the first two games and the Red Hawks taking the last two. Game one, a 3-1 to one win for UBC. Noah Orr, one of, I believe, Nico's players to watch this season. Maybe. You want to you keep tooting your own horn about that? No, I'm done. Uh, he <laughs> and Adam Meyer both hit two for four with one RBI each, while Garrett Hawkins was superb on the mound, pitching six scoreless innings with only two hits allowed and 11 strikeouts. On Saturday, the two teams played a doubleheader. Game two was a 6-0 UBC win, with Jared Spearing pitching six and two-thirds scoreless innings and striking out nine. Game three was not as fun, though, as the Thunderbirds lost 3-2, despite the fact that the Red Hawks managed just four hits while the Thunderbirds had seven. Relating to Garrett Hawkins, or just going back to Garrett Hawkins, the fact that he has more punchies than he has innings pitched right now. That's pretty good. That's a good stat. That's we'll, really we'll good. See, we'll see if it uh, holds the entire season. We'll see. Yeah, well, <clears throat> sorry. Game four was another loss as after UBC went up three to nothing in the first inning, they gave up seven unanswered runs and eventually lost eight to four. Or had another strong game, hitting one for two with three walks, three RBIs, and one run scored. But the Thunderbirds pitcher let them down, giving up eleven hits, five walks, and hitting three batters. Yeah, on that note, coming back, Thunderbirds are opening their conference plates this weekend against the, their rivals, Lewis Clark State, who are ranked number 19th in the NARA, NAIA League and have won the conference title nine years in a row. And the Thunderbirds have finished second place four years in a row. And speaking of Lewis Clark winning nine years in a row, they joined the conference nine years ago. They've won every single year that they've been in the conference. It's tough stuff for every, every other team. You know, we mainly talk about the Thunderbirds on this show, but I would say Lewis and Clark really uh, pulling together and getting that Thunderbird Eye championship mentality down. <laughs> they got, we got to interview someone from Lewis Clark. Exactly. Credit where credit is on. due. <laughs> Looking ahead of this weekend, we have so much happening this weekend. It's unbelievable. Softball, they're playing Chaminade today. Starting in a few hours, they have a doubleheader. They play again tomorrow. And then Thursday, the U Sports Swimming National Championships start in Victoria. That's going all weekend. The women's basketball team plays their quarterfinal game against Winnipeg. Men's volleyball starts their series against Winnipeg here at home. Friday, if women's basketball wins their quarterfinals, they'll play the semifinal. Hockey, both teams are playing Alberta on the road, start of their three-game series. Baseball playing Loose Clark State, as just mentioned. Volleyball continues to be in action as the women's team are also starting their best of three series. It's just all the playoffs are happening at the same time. And then on top of all of that, on Sunday, we got men's field hockey playing Surrey Lions. Men's rugby playing at the California World Cup Series against the University of California at Berkeley. It's an annual series for them. So big rugby stuff as well to talk about as rugby uh, won unsurprisingly last weekend they crushed a team from seattle 49 to 18 and that's not all because on sunday it's just more baseball and more hockey and more volleyball that we're gonna have to talk about somehow find a way to fit all this into next week's show it's going to be interesting it's one of the busiest weeks of the year and before we wrap up today's show it's time for everyone's favorite segment and that is jake's guarantee of the week I think I'm a special one. 60% of the time, it works every time. So, last week, 
I guaranteed that one of the hockey teams would win their series in three games and the other would get swept. What happened was one team won their series in three games and the other swept their opponent. So right logic, wrong pick. That's what I'm going to say about that. It was uh-huh. right about a three game and a sweep. It's one for one in terms of which team was uh, doing the sweeping. Aren't you right that you were wrong? Yes, yes. I'm right about that. <laughs> I'm now one in three. Uh, I started out hot. I've now uh, failed three weeks in a row. <laughs> you started out as hot as our softball team. <laughs> won one game. <laughs> that hurts. So I'm going to turn it around this weekend looking at some of the playoffs that are uh, going on. I mentioned basketball. They're in action. Both of them are going to be in a bit of in tough a little bit. They're both two very good teams, but they're going to be playing away from home in both the quarterfinals and then if they make it to the semifinals that round as well. I guarantee that our two basketball teams will go a combined 3-1 and one this weekend. One of them is going to make it to the Canada West final. One of them, unfortunately, is going to lose in the semifinals. I, I'm sorry. I wish I could report that they're both going to the finals, but I don't make the rules. I, I just say what's going to happen. You try. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> and with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. And YouTube, keep an eye on that in particular because we should have a video version of the interview with Michaela and Tori coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. You can also listen to the show on iTunes. Next up on CITR is Flower Power Hour at 2. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Nico Roselli, and Ryan Alfonso. We'll catch you next week on Tuesday at 1 to 1.30. Thank you again to Michaela, Michaela Ogrodnichuk and Tori McClash for coming on the show. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.